to this week's episode of River City 93. I am your lovely host as always, Yogi. Um, Join us on today's show. We have Matt. How are you doing today, sir? Doing all right. I'm here again. You know, so, some of us not afraid to talk about the bad times. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I give it's it been to nice, you. right? Yeah, I give it to you, Shanir, Alex, and uh, Gabe did a wonderful job last week talking about uh, the ass kicking the Union overhaul gave us. Um, with I, 10 men. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, in Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte, huh? Hmm? Charlotte? Yeah. 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 I was on the other side of Charlotte, though. The the, the crappier side of Charlotte. Um, I don't think there's any better, though. But we'll see. Uh, <laughs> um, also joining us on the show is a guy that has to take care of two kids and play Super Dad every day. He's Mr. Shanir. How are you doing, sir? Nah, I wouldn't say super dad. I try my best though. <laughs> I'm doing all right. Um, you're, you're you're making good appearances off the bench. You know we're gonna bleed you to the academy, give you a full ninety in the, in the practice game coming up, and see where you go from there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how far my career goes. <laughs> Talking about careers, uh, someone who is making her walk, uh, I said walking, uh, River City 93 debut, um, who's also joining the team, because if you haven't heard the big news that we're going to talk about it tonight, is Miss Kate. How are you doing, ma'am? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. My voice has not yet recovered from yesterday, so forgive, forgive the raspiness, but super happy to be here. Over under the amount of times that you cussed out the opposing ref. Oh, wait, not opposing ref, but ref. Depended on the call. I mean, he had me. He had me on a few calls and then lost me immediately again. I was. He had a very inconsistent night. He had me in the palm of his hand for half the match and then <laughs> screaming my head off for the rest. Sounds like USL referees. Sounds like. <laughs> Um, so guys, we, we got a packed show tonight. We got a game to talk about. We got some exciting news to talk about. Um, should we start with the exciting news or hold that for the end? We go straight into uh, the I say we hold it for the end. All right. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) We're we're figuring it out. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about this, uh, game with Charlotte. Two, two draw. Um, Charlotte's coming off of a win last week. They're coming off of a win. Um, Richmond, as we all know, is coming off of a mugging against Union Omaha and a 4-1 loss to a 10-man team there. Um, Looked at the lineup. When we got it, Darren switched back to the 4-3-3, so there were some positive signs there. And I kind of feel like the talk of the whole week around the supporters group and fans in general was just like, where is the mental toughness of this team? What, what were your guys' thoughts when you saw the lineup initial? Yeah, I mean, I think they had to change something up. Clearly, 4-4-2 last week wasn't working. Uh, we really hadn't done too much. You know, the attack was 100% penalties ever since we moved to that, which, I mean, on the one hand, getting penalties, they become goals. So you can make an argument there. But uh, I think it was a nice – you know, thing to have in the back pocket, but you know, bread and butter is bread and butter. Yeah, Shanir, I know you were talking last week about getting back to the four three three. Seeing a front three of Belmar, uh, Ryan Sierkowski, and Emmy, what did that do for you? What was your thoughts seeing that out there? I mean, well, I mean, the the game spoke for itself. the The amount of chances we had, the more we were a lot more dynamic on the attack. Um, it looked like we knew more what we were doing when we were attacking. Um, if it wasn't for Pac standing on his head, I think we would have blown Charlotte away. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think the four three three is what we need to stick with. We need those those wingers up high without having to worry about getting back defensively because we already have fullbacks back there. So that that gives us a lot more variety in the attack, allows us to attack from different points of the field without having to be redundant. Um, and I, I think that's that's the biggest thing. There's that redundancy. That's what that's what really really cost us when when we have that that 442 diamond where everything is the same and it's easy for teams to literally just close their eyes and be like we know exactly how to defend this yeah yeah um also forgot to mention that uh the fullback that we've pretty much all been missing mr uh michael hornsby made his return to the 11 kate i want to ask you like seeing hornsby back with this defensive unit why do the kickers are so indifferent when he's not in this lineup? He definitely he's. I mean, it, I you you gotta hope he stays. He- I mean, his like keeping him healthy is is clearly making a big difference in the results, and I think the reliability that he brings on that side and being able to actually attack down both wings as opposed to having to depend on depend on Fitch, um, who is great defensively, but hasn't, you know, the uh, the attacking prowess that Hornsby brings to the other side is definitely noticeable. Um, I also thought it was great that Sierakowski, since he's come in, he's been, get, he's been getting the starting spot, but he hasn't necessarily converted that into, um, yet there, ha- there hasn't been any results. And it was great to see him actually come out with, and get a goal to start to sort of pay back the faith that Darren has paid in him and putting him in the starting lineup week in, week out to actually make that difference from the beginning. Of course, then the sort of the, de- the def the goal was then erased a few minutes later, but seeing that faith actually pay off and seeing him get his first goal for the club, I think made a difference um, yeah. right out the gate. Yeah, no, it was big. Um, I got the chance to talk to him uh, post game, which by the way, listeners, if you want to be a part of our post game show, uh, follow us on Instagram. We go live right after the show, so you can listen to the post game show there. Um, just kind of a thing, you know. But um, got the chance to Brian ask him about the goal. Um, it was funny enough. Uh, one of these long throw-ins from Audi finally paid off. Is this the first one of this year that paid off? I feel like there was another one, but no. I mean, like just a couple of weeks ago. Uh... You know, one of the Chattanooga guys just decided to truck uh, Dak in the back on one of them. Yeah, that's right. And I feel like there might have been one other one that got uh, flicked on. Maybe it was one of the Tormenta games. Okay. So, yeah. So, it looked like it paid off this game. Um, and Axe Ryan about to go. Um, seemed super excited. He kind of described it as, like, I didn't know what to do with myself. After I scored, he didn't know whether to run to the Red Army or uh, celebrate. So, it was a good moment for him. But um, asked him about his role on the field, and he said it was pretty much kind of being the central striker almost. So, so and while doing that, it allowed Emmy to drop a little bit further back, help out and bail down in there. Also, you have Belmar out on the right hand side who had his boots on the chalk to allow him to get in behind and have a little bit more space. So, yeah, um, Brian's had a couple of nearly moments in this team. Um, in the games he's played, but it's good to see him, you know, get his first goal. And he, with that, uh, he also becomes the first player in USL League One history uh, to score for four clubs. So that's impressive so far. Yeah. Um, but Kate, like you also mentioned, um, right after that, don't know what happened because um, I was taking notes and then I looked up and Miguel Ibarra is crossing the ball in from the left hand side to the center of the box, and Charlotte scores. So, Matt, I'm going to toss it to you. What what happened? <laughs> Why was he so wide open? Well, I mean, I can't I don't, I can't get into the minds of people of why somebody's wide open on the penalty spot. Why don't you want uh, my reader, Matt? That's why I had you on the show for. I mean, I can leave <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, the, it's a very simple you know, build out of the back. Uh, you know, Charlotte just you know, plays you know, one pass. You know, uh, defender up, you know, looked like a defensive midfielder. And then they were able to cut one ball about 30 yards you know, straight up that you know, basically goes straight through the midfield with no resistance at all. Uh, you know, from there, you know, quick touch, you know, wide out to Ibarra. Uh, you know, he had 
he has some space, but it's not, I think, like an unforgivable amount of space, especially you know, given how far out he was. You, know, you had Simon, you had Belmar keeping an eye on him, but he still was able to get you know the cross off, and you know the ball just floats in the you know, middle of the box, you know, right almost to the penalty spot, and uh, you know Joel Johnson's right there just hits on a full volley. Nobody within four or five yards of him. Hornsby's kind of somewhere around there, but chilling. You know, it looks like, you know, just taking it easy. He just volleys it and goes cleanly, you know, to Akira's left. Akira didn't even move for it. Uh, and, that's not, and that's not in a, you know, what's Akira doing? It's just more of a, you know, didn't even move, no point in moving at that point. And all of a sudden it's 1-1, one, one, you know, less than three minutes after, you know, the team went up. Uh, you're muted, bro. Muted. Oh, yeah, you've been. You're muted, man. <laughs> Duh, my bad. <laughs> I was asking anything y'all want to add to that. My bad. <laughs> um, I mean, this is this is just a combination of slow thinking and smart movement. The slow thinking on our part, smart movement from Charlotte. So, in this, it, with with Ibarra's cross, the first thing I noticed was like, ah, nobody closing up to him. He's pretty deep, close into the final third, and on the wing, you got to be close enough to him to make him not want to think about crossing. But what I noticed is when that pass goes through, um, I could not tell which Charlotte player it was, but the Charlotte player who was just behind Ibarra, he has the awareness to slow down to impede Belmar. So Belmar's tracking this ball and tracking Ibarra, and he has to derail himself to go around this guy to get to Ibarra. Now, when he starts that movement, I think Hornsby is looking like, all right, you got him. And by the time he realizes that he gets derailed and loses his man, by the time Hornsby comes out, the cross is already coming through. And then on top of that, I don't know what Hornsby was thinking. He was caught in no man's land. Um, the widest player wasn't anywhere near the play, so he didn't even need to worry about him. So he should have been focusing on, you know, he should have been focusing on, on the, the, that guy in the middle. The guy was literally right on top of the penalty spot. And then, you know, Johnson just takes advantage of that opportunity. That ball's coming in. And with the way he finished, I think that was one of those last minute, this is how I'm going to hit it, because he really threw Akira off. Akira didn't even move. So Akira wasn't even prepared for that type of shot. I think he looked like he was setting up to bring the ball down and then take the shot. So that's why Akira wasn't ready for it. And when he just lash his foot out at it and hit it. You could see Akira was like, what? And what? <laughs> so uh, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, it's really one of those situations. But I think in terms of a player who really did not stay sharp in that situation, it's Hornsby. It's got to be Hornsby for me. He's, he's got to be closer to that man. There is no reason to worry about the further wide player. He's way too far away to affect anything. And even if the ball were to get to him, Hornsby would have had plenty of time to get to him. So he needed to stay on his man. He needed to stay on Johnson. I think also it's the class. I mean, what do they even tell you at the U10 level? The first five minutes after a goal, you got to be turned on because that's when you're most likely to concede. I think also kickers haven't necessarily started games as brightly as they could have. It's been slow builds for a lot of matches. So I think the team almost started so brightly that they built up a lot of confidence in that first 10 minutes and took completely took their foot off the gas because Charlotte was kind of offering nothing in that first 10 minutes, totally took their foot off the gas after that goal. I think Hornsby probably was thinking, you know, where we've been building a lot up front, he was probably focusing more on what his run was going to be once the ball was cleared rather than, you know, tracking back defensively. So it was that classic case, the next five, the next five minutes, you got to be sharp and they totally dropped the ball there, literally. What it sounds like is like Richmond just started off the race and was like, "Oh guys, we made it past the first lap," and didn't realize like, "Oh no, there's a there's ten more laps left after this. I still have to keep running." <laughs> <laughs> That's just um, rest of the first half, guys. Uh, I gotta say, um, overall, I know this game is in a draw, but 
I was, I wouldn't say I left out of it feeling negative. Like I left there and I was like, all right, there's things in there that I'm presently surprised with. One, we saw goals from open play. Two, we saw the build and create plays in open play. We actually saw them take shots in the middle of the field. Like I saw things in the offensive part that I was happy with. On the flip side of that, the defense of this team, I don't know where the I don't know where the cracks have came from. Um, there was a moment I forgot the player's name from Charlie, but he pretty much broke through the entire line. I remember it was off of uh, Flanagan. Yeah, yeah, broke through yep. the entire team. And this, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize it, but I think this proves it. Zaka is slow, or it just got stuck flat-footed because it looked like Zaka is like turning with like I'm trying to get there. It got it, the dude just zooms right past him. Like, yeah, he kept enough of an angle that it helped Akira, I think, probably just enough. Yeah, uh, but I mean, that, that whole play was a disaster, you know, because it was coming up, I think it was right off of either a corner or another on long throw. Uh, so you had your usual, like, you know, Hornsby back, Zaka, you know, halfway back. But uh, I want to say it was Hornsby, you know, tried to step and cut off a ball and he got beat to it. And then it, it was like a five on two, six on two, you know, break. Uh, and it d- didn't look good. But uh, Flanagan just, you know, decided to, you know, solo it, uh, which up until, you know, Kira making the save was looking like the right choice because he burned the entire, you know, defense just for speed, which not the first time that's happened, you know, to this team, you know, this year. There's at least three that I can count off the top of my head, you know, right now where you got a burner just took us, you know, you know, took our lunch, you know, on it. So that's not great. Uh, but, you know, thankfully, you know, Akira, you know, came up with, you know, a big save on a one-on-one right there. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's one of those where it's, it's kind of like the, in the, you know, used a lot of basketball analogies, you know, where the guy, you know, who gets posterized, it's usually not actually his fault, but he looks real bad, you know, for it. And I think that's where Zaha, you know, kind of got stuck because, you know, you're defending five on two, you got to, you, know, you try to pick a lane, you know, pick an angle while also seeing if you can be able to cheat and help out cutting out one of the other angles at the same time. So, yeah, he got definitely got beat for pace, but I think, you know, you can see the angles that he was moving at just enough to you know, maybe you know, put Flanagan a little bit wider than he'd ideally be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the first half? Any positive or negatives you guys saw um, in the first half there? I, I liked that they weren't overplaying. I think that's been an issue through our midfield is, and the lack of confidence in the goal scorers is they've sort of been overthinking almost every touch and every shot. And I thought I thought they were, especially the willingness to take more shots from outside the box yeah. and actually challenge the keeper, like the, was really pushed into a lot of great shots or shots right past the post that play, keep it simple, keep it simple. And I think, you know, with, they, they did that, and Sierkowski looked came close a few times as well in the first half, and I thought it, th- it was great to see that confidence to just take the ball on. Yeah, I had to write it out of my notes that, like, <clears throat> mainly for Charlotte, a lot of the buildup was on the uh, left-hand side. Like, it was – if we can't build within the first three touches, go super direct down the left and break in with uh, uh, Dane Kelly. Um, for Richmond – it was pretty much the exact opposite. Like, yo, we're going to try to build up. One thing that I did notice in this game that I, I saw in other games where we got in trouble was the countless, like, unnecessary touches in the back half of trying to just, you know, keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball. It was very much like, yo, like, no more than four touches in the back, get that ball up the field quick as possible and play quick, like, play direct. Um, that was a good thing to see there. It wasn't. If I can remember correctly, like I don't remember a lot of plays even coming from the right hand side at all. Like it's simply even both teams are kind of just like, yeah, we just go play everything on the left, like everything right near the coaches. If that's how it's going to be in this game, oh, I don't know if that's totally fair. I think you know, Belmar and Simon were pretty impactful. Oh yeah, you know, in the game. I mean, you know, some of that's going to be in the second half, which we'll talk about coming up. But I don't, I don't think we we're as left-sided reliant as we have been at other times this year. Yeah. Um, second half, I mean, we're, we're also going to talk about what happened at halftime. We're going to save that. We're going to give that its full due. Um, 
the big news there. We're just going to keep dragging it out, fans. We might talk about our favorite ice cream sandwiches, just drag it out even further. Um, <laughs> <laughs> second half starts up. Let me. I want to hear from you guys. Like, what were your thoughts leading up to the goal from Emmy? Like, how did the team look coming out in the second half, mentality wise, and that nature? That's I mean, that, yeah, the, I, I think the second half we came out fairly strong. I mean, we had several chances before Emmy finally uh, got through. And again, we're going back to. Um, it kind of picked up where we left off in the, towards the, as we got deeper into the first half, we picked up where we left off in the, from the first half and still kept going at them. Um, this, uh, I think, I think Suko had two very good shots, one in the first half and I think one in the second half, if I'm not mistaken, and really drew the best out of pack. Um, you had, uh, yeah, you had several, several, uh, great opportunities. And I think one thing that, that really gives, gives me hope for the future is that even after Emmy's goal, we were still, we were still putting a lot of pressure on their defense. We're still going in hard. You had uh, uh, Bentley come in and with that, with that really good chance. Uh, Belmar had a really good chance in the second half. I think that one was before the goal, though. But um, – where he, he came in, you know, muscled his way past the fullback and got the cross in. Unfortunately, Leah was slightly behind, I think it was Vignal. I'm not sure who it was who, who came in uh, from that side. It was slightly behind him, and, and he couldn't really get control of it. But um, it's good to see a team that even when we go 2-1 up, they're looking for more. I mean, that's that's what... And I always go back to, to that, that first press conference when Darren first took the job. That's what he told us. He said, We're, you know, I, 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 wanted, I, want, I want to score goals. I want us to score goals. Like, then this is, this is the kickers that I want to see. I want to see the kickers team that's going to try and put three, four past the goalkeeper. Um, Matt, uh, we got another assist for your boy. He is your boy now. I just need you to claim this. Like this will be your jersey for next year. This is Simon Finch. Third assist in a year. I asked him about what did he see on the play and like things that he's been working on. He's said it like in the post game. He said like he has dedicated himself to this year being better in offensive output, and it definitely showed out on uh, this play because the ball that he passed to Emmy, it it had eyes on it. Like yeah. And- yeah, I think we've you know, seen teams have been more than happy to let you know, Simon have his space out on the right side, uh, especially you know when Hornsby's been in. That's been kind of one of those. All right, well, not letting Hornsby you know, do his thing. We'll give this guy you know, the opportunity. If he beats us, he beats us. And yeah, you know, this one wasn't the most complicated of plays. You know, the ball just gets played to him you know, from you know, Dakota. Uh, you know, in our in our own half. He's able to take, I think, three or four you know, dribbles up you know, into the Charlotte half. Nobody near him at all. And for one of the first times all season I can actually remember, you know, we're able to get you know, the ball to Emmy where he can actually you know, run onto it in space because, as we've established, Emmy's a lot of really good things. He's not a speedster. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so just you know, pumping long balls to him to you know, chase isn't the way to do it. But if you can be able to actually you know, purposely pass them into a certain spot, you know, we know that he can finish. And if he was able to get a good one-on-one look with packing, just you know, kind of put it right over his shoulder into the goal, probably one of the comparatively non-penalty easier goals that he's going to score you know, for the kickers. And you know, sometimes it is keeping it simple. You know, it doesn't need to be the fanciest. You know, find you know that perfect pass. Find that. You know, kind of uh, classic, you know, you know, FIFA, you know, tap in goal, you know, scenario. It's hey, look where the open lanes or where the open channels are, and you know, get it, get it to your three-time MVP. Let him do what he's getting paid to do. Yeah, and he did. He did. He gave it to the three-time MVP, who is currently the best Argentinian in American soccer right now. Just uh, gonna put that out there. Um, but this is uh, Emmy's ninth goal. I think what he's Apparently still second in the Golden Boot race by Trevor um, out of NoCo. So yeah, he's uh, tied with Mesa, I think. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
I think the bet's still on for me to dye my hair bleach if uh, if he wins that fourth golden boot. I mean, I think you're probably <laughs> safe, but you, know, <laughs> hey, you, you never know. Yeah, I hope. I hope, I hope we're. Uh, you know, can we do that live? You know, like live stream. Sore. If he wins this golden boot, I, I would gladly do it live. All right. <laughs> I would gladly do it live. Right. Well, we'll send some emails out to uh, Colorado see if they understand. Yeah, hopefully. Like, yeah, you know, we just bitch Trevor for like a month and uh, let him go crazy. I mean, we are talking about a guy that like, what, he scored in five straight games to get him with something back in the golden boot back in 2021. So uh, anything's possible with uh, Emmy and uh, the line. Yeah. Anything's possible. Um, Second half, kickers had a multitude of chances to kind of close the door, um, kind of go up 3-1. I want to take a minute and actually talk to you guys. Let's have a conversation about set pieces, um, some of the set pieces the kickers display. Eh, I'm not going to lie, guys. I don't feel comfortable with this team when it comes to set pieces of them scoring from them um, sometimes. Why? And just, I don't know why. Like, I guess maybe because the average height on our starting eleven is <laughs> five foot ten. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> yeah. Like the way how Neil takes crosses. So me, I'm a big believer. Like I always like in swinging instead of like the out swinging because I just I, I never felt like you're gonna score from out swing. And I know Neil takes all the corners and whatnot. Um, but I don't know. It's just. I, I guess I just haven't seen the luck of it come, especially coming off the Union Omaha game where they scored off what was it? Uh, two crosses? Well, yeah, two of them. Pieces, you know, it's just kind of just like, alright, I want, like, date. Like, I just need date to all they just they have like a towering header over someone. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's one of the things I've noticed is crosses, the, the back line for the other team is not necessarily able to set up so you can explore. You're, you're not as dependent on the height advantage because you're, the offense is facing the goal. They're able to position themselves more dynamically for the cross coming in, whereas, you know, when your back is to the goal and you're facing away, you're a bit more limited in your positioning. But on a set piece, the height advantage of the center backs over, over Emmy in particular I mean, even Sierkowski's not particularly tall. I mean, you could really see that they were losing out in their ability to actually compete for the balls coming into the box in this game in particular. But the crosses, I mean, Emmy's a little bit more wide. You know, he's able to move a little bit more dynamically. But the the, the height just and and when they did get the head on the ball, there was no power. They were it was a, they yeah. would just sort of soft ball it like tw- like it was just getting onto the ball was essentially enough. They weren't actually getting into it competing position to actually hit it with any power on frame so i i the height difference and the, uh, there was actually one cross in the first half that emmy if he literally had four more inches he would have put that right but it was like a long ball across them he dove for it and just didn't make it and you could just see that if he made if he had a couple more inches i mean he would have totally made that connection and gotten back in that so it that that to me stood out a lot and this was just we had a lot of set pieces but because the back line for the other team was able to really get themselves in the right position they were able to to clear or or at least take the the danger out of the header if the kickers did get on the ball so i I get what y'all are saying i'm going to defend the team a little bit on this one because certainly last few shows i've been crapping on them quite a bit uh there you go (laughs) yeah you you gotta get that uh yeah turn back to the the good side where the first goal come from on saturday but it was on the ground. It ended up as a kick. It wasn't in the air. So they got it onto the ground, and then we were able to score. So, I mean, okay. I, so there's, that, there's a set piece. Maybe they we, we, we need to be getting it on the ground rather than trying to pin it out of yeah, the air. Right, but, you know, I'm, you know there's only long throws. And cause I, I totally get the, the height piece because it sucks that our long throw guy is also our biggest guy. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> That's the guy that needs to be in the box. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I know it's a little bit apples to oranges, but. And where were all the goals before this you know, week coming from? Set pieces, aka penalties. Not exactly the same spirit of the conversation, I know, but uh, you know, we just mentioned one of them came from a only long throw. Uh, think about Emmy's, uh, you know, kind of you know, tilt a world goal out in you know, Fuego. Where did that come from? Only long throw that was flicked along that you know, he was able to you know, hammer in. Uh, I'm just going back through the schedule. Suko, he literally scored, scored off a set piece. Do I think that's sustainable? Scoring off an Olympico? No. 
but it it <laughs> happened. Uh, but even the first Tormenta game, you know, on on his first goal, he you know, flicked in that shot that came off of the uh, short corner, you know, you know, from Zaka. You know, so there have been some. That they're not like the classic, you know, set piece. I think you'd really yeah. be thinking of and. Uh, you kind of think of the towering header sort of deal, but uh, a lot of goals have come from you know set piece originated you know, you know plays, and then I mean, obviously we really know you know Elliot's big you know problem with the set pieces is that uh you know, his boy Yvonne's not there to take them anymore. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> That's the issue with everything. <laughs> Our favorite Brazilian. <laughs> um, I, I think. I think where where we're at is, um, we can score on set pieces, but they have to be unorthodox. And that's 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 where the issue is because nine times out of ten, unorthodox set pieces are low percentage. So the the ones that we have scored, the ones that we have been successful for. The, the ones we have been successful on are either they're low percentage or we set up like, for example, the short corner one. Now that takes away the whole height situation because now you're, you're, you're throwing a corkscrew in the setup. Everyone's set up for the ball to come flying into the box for the big boys to say to the little guy, sit down, I got this and I'm going to head this clear. Now you're you're throwing everyone off their game. You're throwing the defense off by saying it's a short one. Now everyone's moving in a different position, and you catch the guy who's alone. So then again, we're not we're not competing for the ball anymore. We are tricking our way into getting that ball to someone who's open. So at the end of the day, those type of set pieces, like rehearsed set pieces, like you see them in games every once in a while, a team pulls one from the training ground, as they call them, the set piece off the training ground. They work every once in a while, but if you need to have a aerial threat if you want to consistently score on set pieces. And I think that's that's where we're struggling. We, we, we have Ani, and if they put their biggest guy on Ani or double team him, then he's probably getting a nice little soft cherry pop off the forehead that the goalkeeper can grab with his eyes closed. And that's that's where we're struggling. That's where we're at. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Matt. I mean, we do we we have scored all set pieces. Um, I think I was just looking at it. I think I got the stat pulled up. Yeah, wouldn't have been nice though if that Neil shot had gone in. Which one? Oh, the the volley. Oh, oh, the freak. Oh, the one that that because that that would have been an own goal. Because I think it skim- it skimmed off the defender and that ended it up for a corner, didn't it? I nah. think so. It was a goal kick. It was okay. Yeah, we scored five goals on the set pieces so far this year. Um, you have the one free kick that scored by Emmy, oddly enough. Um, yeah. And oh, there's another set piece. Forgot about that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I scored one since. Uh, oh, that was that was a nice one though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. It felt like everything was kind of going to plan. Now, unfortunately, the game didn't end the way how we wanted to because soccer is a game that is weird. WTF, it makes zero sense because no matter how many times I look at Charlotte's second goal, I still do not understand how. How? Oh, it's, it's basically tired legs and miscommunication. But so right after a substitution, right? Like I think what yeah. which I think the same print the next five principle also applies off of major personnel yeah. changes. <laughs> yeah. But uh th- this was a situation where um so the ball gets lobbed in, you know, there's a little bit of head tennis going on, and the ball gets to Zaka and he heads it forward to Neil. Now it's a little short. Neil should be stepping to that. But what's more important is that no one lets Neil know that JJ is bearing down on him as the ball's coming to him. And that's where, where it comes from. JJ comes flying past him, gets to the ball, and uses his momentum to keep going with those one-two passes as he keeps going down the field, passes the ball, keeps running, gets it back, keeps running, passes the ball, and that's where we end up with the goal. So it's, they use that momentum of that 
possession change with JJ already moving forward to where, you know, you're, you're looking at a team where Zaka's heading the ball forward. So everyone's already in the mindset of we're moving forward. The ball's going to our number 10. Let's move forward up the field and let's create another chance as they've been doing throughout the entire half, as we talked about. So I think everyone was caught on their heels with JJ winning that ball and not even stopping to say, all right, let's set up. No, he just pedaled to the metal and took off. Um, Matt, you got anything you want to add to that? I'm sorry. No, I mean, I think, you know, Shanir hit most of it. Uh, you know, I think two key inflection points, uh, the one that he caught, uh, where, you know, Neil just gets beat to the ball. Uh, there's the communication piece, but also, you know, he probably just needs to you know, make sure that either he's getting the ball or he's getting the guy that's going by him, you know, mm-hmm. either or is fine, uh, you know, that far <laughs> out. Tactical uh, foul. I, I love a good. Tactical. Yeah, that, yeah. A little, a little, a little gamesmanship there would have been would have been all right. Because even even that far out, they're not going to give a yellow there. But I also wouldn't find with you know Ani or uh, you know Jake taking a yellow. You know, as the ball was you know moving up because uh, you know Jake got bully balled a, a little bit. You know, on the build up, I think it was I'm not sure who you know was that was uh, able to pound through. It might have actually you know been the continuation of JJ's run actually where you know he just got beat to the inside and you know got you know, the soccer equivalent of you know ragdolled on that run uh and you know at that point you know just another little one two and uh and Booty was able to get on the end of that and you know hit it first time in off the post so uh I think those were the two points that stood out for me looking back at that goal of you know all right, maybe you're going to give up a, a decent set piece, you know, there, but you got to stop momentum at some point. You know, eat the yellow, so be it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Wouldn't mind a little. Um, what was what was Pep Guardiola's favorite player in Man City? Who always did it? Uh, Fernandinho. Like, I wouldn't have mm-hmm. mind just a just a good old slide tackle cleared everybody. Mm-hmm. This is the moment where Zaka deserves this yellow. Like, you know that <laughs> the card he got in the Tormenta game? Do that here. Yeah. Do that here in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> I think also that was the type of goal that we haven't seen from kickers. Like, it's simple. It's on the counterattack. It's three passes, and you're, you get your player to make a clinical finish. And I think that's one that it also threw into relief how – few goals we've been scoring and how simple it can be to break down a defense with just one or two key passes and one bright run. And you hate to see it happen to you. And I mean, but that's, that's the exact sort of goal that this team would score, you know, week in, week out last season. And that we haven't seen this season that the overplaying and the, the the passing it back, you know, it's the not playing quickly on the counterattack. And so, it, it made it's the perfect counterattacking goal. And I think especially after a half where kickers dominated possession. So yeah, it, like there was so few opportunities coming from Charlotte and no one was expecting them to counter so quickly. And so it was just, I mean, it was like the per, the perfect, the two coming together of just mm-hmm. totally taking their foot off the gas for the last few minutes of the game yeah. and the exact clinical counterattacking goal that kickers haven't even been able to find themselves. Yeah. I think the other piece of it is, you know, something that, I think it's becoming more and more obvious that this you know, team lacks is just you know that pure athlete out there. Like you know, there's always there's always that big talk about oh you don't you know, have to have you know like you know, 99th percentile athlete, you know you know athletic you know ability to be able to play soccer blah 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 blah. I think it's a little bit of a lie. Just means you don't, you don't have to be six eight like you do in the NBA or something. But even like the top guys, they can move. But think about you know Bologna, he was absolutely a plus. You know, player when it came to you know acceleration and speed, you know we've got you know guys who might be you know, pluses on the skill side of things, but I'm, I mean I'm really trying to think of you know if we we're set up a uh, it's probably Gordon actually now that I think about it if we we're set up an actual just like you know race of who do we have that are burners who do we have that are you know, kind of you know there's physical you know, presences you move forward and you know. We saw the JJ. We saw the first time we played you know, Charlotte Obertan was uh, you know, bullying our guys all over the field. 
So, I think also yeah. it's a confidence thing. We don't have a even like Bentley shows you know the, the the pace, the ability to get by his man, but he doesn't have the confidence right now to you know get in. He's he's overthinking his positioning. He's overthinking whether he should pass or take it on. And I think he he could have. He's the type of player I could see scoring that goal, but has doesn't have the confidence right now to you know. In fairness to him, he he almost had a great assist. You know, to Simon, you know, Simon hit it in the keeper's face. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and but but then again, that's that's the that's the type of goal we're talking about here. Like with the way he kind of just powers down the field, we need to see more of that. Like this goal that Charlotte scores, I could definitely see last year's kickers team doing something like that with with Ian Bry- Ethan Bryant in the midfield with Bolaños like I could see Ethan Bryant pulling that JJ run yeah. just yeah. moving forward with the ball coasting through and the thing is with JJ is yes he has that burst of acceleration to cut in front of Neil to win that ball but he's not he, like he he's he's not leaving a burn trail like he's not he's not flying down the field that quickly it's just the assertiveness of his movement He's just saying, I'm going straight. If someone's in my way, I'm going to wall pass. Like, we're just going to hit a one-two. I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to get it back. When I get it back, I'm going to keep going. And rather than, okay, now what do I do? Do I pass it to the side? Do I go lateral? Do I go backwards? That's what we've been doing all season so far. It's always a think of, okay, hold on, stop. What do we do? No, just keep going. Barrel forward. Your momentum forward puts the other team on their heels every almost every single time so that's where your advantage is and we we don't have the players that really want to do that neil things a little slower when they're in front of him before he he starts to go work yeah what it feels um, like right now is like this team darren talked about it before of how they wanted to play quote-unquote more possession more prettier soccer right more build-up play soccer versus what we've seen before in the past was the hit quick, the get up the field as quick as you can and just go. And I mean, it let's be real. Like we've criticized it because we was like, oh, we want to see more build up play. We want to see this, you know, because we were tired of seeing just the long, long, direct passes um, going straight up top to like Bolaños and whatnot. Like we, you guys, what we started calling out. But do you, do you feel like with Darren switching the style of this team to what it is now, more of the build up play and have a little bit more possession? I mean, a lot more possession. Has it taken away from what this team was so great at the past two and a half years? I think think so, but we determines. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 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 I was going to say, we we don't have, we, I think we went like completely the other side of the pendulum, but we don't have the personnel to do what we've been doing. And I, I think that's that's where our situation is. But I don't think we needed to go that far the other way into slowing it down that much. I mean, we do. I mean, I do still think we have the ability to move the ball up the field quicker. It's just a question of assertiveness and and players having the confidence to do so. But we don't have the personnel to do what we were doing last year. Like it, the two key players I already mentioned of. Bolaños and Ethan, um, those two guys are a make this team look completely different. You take out one of the wingers and you put in Bolaños, and you take out maybe Justin and you put in Ethan, and this is a completely different team. Yeah. Yeah. Also, at this one point out, A, speak for yourself that you're tired of the long ball. I was fine with it because you know it's been. <laughs> 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 you, you know what the prettiest kind of soccer is? Winning soccer. It was. It was. It was uh, root one. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I'm I'm not tired of it. But it was. I mean, that, it was getting to the point where, like, I knew where that pass was coming. But it, but it worked. So it who did. Cares? It, yeah, it worked. But I I don't I don't think we were really root one. I mean, we weren't. Uh... Shanir, let me ask you this. Anytime Jalen had that ball, anytime they're our defensive third, and he would look to his left, look back to his right, where was that ball going? Oh, Sonia, every time. 
You do. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know, but we we still had more. If that were the case, Ethan Bryant wouldn't have had the effect that he did. I mean, there no, we were. No, we would have no, been no, skipping no, the no, midfield no, every no, time. No, no. But I do feel that we we yes we we did use the long ball a lot. But I feel that we were more of. I guess the best comparison I can make would be an early 2000 Manchester United, like not route one, but quick to get into the attack. So the, the fast build rather than your arsenals, your towards the end of, <laughs> of, uh, of, of Arsene Wenger's arsenal of the ball laterally, uh, which is what we have more of now. Now, every once in a while we said, you know, you know, let, let's go Hail Mary all the way up every time. But I do, I do feel that there was a little more urgency to our attack. Um, and because of that, we were always able to capitalize and score goals. And, and what, what was one thing that I had said, like the, that first playoff game last year, early red card, everyone's happy that we're up a man. I'm not happy because that means the other team's parking the bus. And once another team parks the bus against the kickers, we can't do things slow. We we have not we have not had a lot of success scoring goals slowly moving up the field. So we should not try to rely on that for an entire season. We need to move quicker. We need to move up the field faster. That's the only way we've been able to show, especially when you look at last year. Like I said, last year we scored with the quick build or the counterattack. It was one of the two for the most part. And then, of course, some set pieces here and there. I was going to say, it's good, good thing we score goals and set pieces to offset that, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yep, um, it brings us right back around to the set pieces. <laughs> right. Um, I, he didn't get on the score sheet, obviously, and I know we've been kind of wondering where he's been at this year. Neil Villanueva. Um Would you say this is probably his best game of the season thus far, is impact-wise? No. I don't know about best. You know, he had a decent start to the year. Like thinking I'd back, say best in injury. Yeah, probably that. Yeah. I, I when did the injury that. take place again? You what? When did the injury take place again? It was like really fairly. It was, it was like right before the DC game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a month and a half. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So it's probably his. I, I would say it's probably his best performance. I mean. He looked hella impactful, uh, even with the stat show that we were uh, talking about before the game about his uh, what was it? His uh, nine chances created. It is eighteen passes into the final third. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, think the, I think the shape change helps the player like him. Yeah. You know, yes. Right. Uh, so there's there's going to be pros and cons to any scenario. I think he's a you know a four three three winner and maybe a little bit of a Four four two, you know, relative you know, loser in terms of uh, how it impacts his game. Yeah, for yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, well, are there anything else we can talk about this game? I mean, two two draw. This leaves us uh, sixth place in the table based off of how results was last night. So the only game, well, there were two games that really affected us. Um, table wise, was Greenville getting the one nothing win over one Knox and. Uh, Noko, who we play on Saturday, uh, getting a 2 nothing win over Union Omaha. Um, so, yeah, right now that leaves us six with 18 games played. Um, goal diff- goals for and against are even uh, and on um, 25 points. Um, Greenville got the advantage on us right now with two games in hand. Um, yeah. What are your guys' thoughts right now going into this no-co game? What are you expecting from it overall? I'm wondering where when is no-co going to play their, like, six games in hand? They're- oh. <laughs> they played a lot of midweek recently. They're slowly getting back to everybody else's number. Yeah. So they got a few – well, they, they got a game against on Saturday, and then they got a midweek game Wednesday, and they got a couple of more midweek games coming up. Yeah, they'll they'll start to start slowly start to catch up, but they, right now, I mean, <laughs> they're on 15 games played and they got a clear uh, what was it like five point gap at the top of the table, which yeah. is wild. Yeah, they're up three on Madison. Three, three, three points. Yeah, three, three points three. on Madison. Yeah, three. So 
They're, they're far up there. Um, last time we made a trip out there to NOCO, um, not a good game. We're not no, gonna no. That uh-uh. is. So what does Darren need to do to, to make this trip good or decent? Don't go back to the 442 diamond. Don't. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> Stick with this 4-3-3, please. <laughs> Zaka, stay on Arthur Rogers the entire freaking game. Don't let him yeah. touch. Yeah. yeah. Mark him out of the game 100%. Don't even let him get a touch. Yeah, this this might be a game where Zaka gets a red. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> this might be the Zaka red game <laughs> where you just yeah. tell Zaka, hey, look. You see him? I need you to take him out. Like the way how they treat Hornsby, do that to him. No, I gotta do gotta do that to Amon. Look at the bigger picture. We gotta you know give Emmy a shot at his trophies and the shot oh, at your yeah, head. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta we got, we got no bets on the assist king. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, no. Realistically though, uh I mean hardest game left of the season, I think far and away. Thankfully we're done with them. After this, and then we can go back to having them be everybody's second favorite team, and hopefully they beat everybody else. But I mean, if you offer me a draw right now, I will take it and run away very, very happy. You know, so oh, I'm yeah. hoping for as boring a game as humanly possible on Saturday. So just to bring that up, um, as far as clean sheets go, um, if you take away the Chattanooga's game, the Chattanooga's game for Richmond, um, our last clean sheet. Okay, that's fair to take away. <laughs> Yeah, came against uh, – was it away? No, uh, came against Union Omaha May 5th. That was no. Our last, our last clean sheet was Chattanooga. No, no, I say if you take away the two Chattanooga games. Oh, okay. So if you take away all the games that were good last game, you take away the two Chattanooga games. The two good games. We're clearly better than because Chattanooga, that's a dumpster fire. That that is a complete. I, I ain't gonna lie. I enjoy watching them burn. <sighs> you know, um, they just start taking a couple points off some of these other teams. Yeah, well, they got to keep the goalkeeper on the field to do that. Uh, not get a red card in the 40th minute. That would help. But um, but yeah, uh, we haven't had a clean sheet yet that led in a victory yet outside of Chattanooga. Nope. So um. If you offer me, like Matt said, if you offer me a draw right now, I'll take it. If it's a clean sheet, I'll definitely take it right now. Also not true. Be Greenville one nothing. Oh, that's true. Did we? Yeah, why are you hating on our goalkeepers in our defense? I, that game slipped my mind. <laughs> All right, never mind. There we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Hey, what do you guys want from this game? Like, who do you think stands out for this match? I just, I, I don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah. You know, That's like, like mindset wise, you know, a tough loss and then a gutting draw. Like, this is that, that the draw, the, the, the mind, the giving up a goal in the last five minutes of a match to, you know, take the wind out of your sails after coming back. Like, big home win taking away what would have been a big home win mindset you can't like i hope this is a mindset bounce back and there's no uh, yeah. mindset repercussions in terms of goals allowed um yeah, yeah. Uh, all right anything else before we uh wrap up this little preview before we talk about the big news that everyone to talk about i think Shanira, a lot of people want to know like what kind of toppings you like for your ice cream so we're going to get to that uh soon so be ready for that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Else? All right. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got a whole analysis, the whole ice cream analysis. You know, you I'm an ice cream snob, so I'll, 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 I got sure you. You have your starting eleven ready of uh, toppings. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, I got you. Oh, <laughs> uh, stop! I don't think around. I can even name like eleven toppings that I would put on ice cream anyway. But <laughs> you ever been to a sweet frog or something? <laughs> no. No, I don't do sweet frog. I don't do froyo. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Like, after, you know, I, anything can be a topic. That's basically the concept there. Yeah, that is. Anything that you can think of. I guess Cold Stone. Cold Stone has the same principle. Yeah, yeah just anything on ice cream. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. 
anything outside of cookies and like maybe peanut like peanuts, it's it's a no go for me. It's a no go for me. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead. Let's talk about the big news that broke yesterday. Um, we kind of already knew do about it from the rumblings. If you went to the season to- season ticket holder event, they were talking about it there. If you paid attention to Mika's uh rehiring press conference, uh, they talked about it there. But it definitely got confirmed yesterday. Uh, Richmond will be having a women's team back in 2024. Um, Woo! It's really cool to see a couple of the former W League players um, uh, back in the stadium. Also, learn something cool. We will have a former Richmond Kickers. Um, what was it called? It's Destiny, right? Yeah, they're the Destiny. Okay, yeah. Richmond Kickers Destiny at... Um, in the World Cup, uh, I forgot her name. It escapes my mind right now, but she plays for Ireland. Sinead um, Farrelly. Sinead yes. Farrelly, yeah. There you go. Uh, playing for the Richmond Kickers Destiny. Um, just also found out yesterday, Becky Sauerbrunn is not going to be in the World Cup. Thought that was going <laughs> to happen. Didn't realize she's not going to be there. But um, we also have two, well, Richmond Kickers ties. And um, Etienne for Haiti, uh, Shanir's uh, country, and um, yes, yes. Simmons for Jamaica. My uh, lovely Jamaica team that did not uh, disappoint me in the Gold Cup because disappointment lives within the Jamaica Federation. Um, but guys, Kate, this is for those who don't know, Kate is now going to be covering, helping us cover the women's team uh, because we thought it was important to uh, have a woman, have a woman uh, speak about the women's soccer team. I'm messing all this up. Okay, <laughs> welcome to the team again. Oh, yeah, we can't I- even talk. Yeah, thanks. That's such a great intro. No, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited for this oper- for the opportunity in Richmond in particular to, to bring an additional soccer market to our city, especially with yeah. how well um, I did. I did a good amount of research. So depending on what we want to cover, I have a, a few things. Um, but one thing that I learned in doing research about the W League is there's actually two other competitor, direct competitors to the W League in the U.S. Ooh. The Women's Premier Soccer League and United Women's Soccer, who both offer pre-professional leagues throughout the country. Um, so the W League is not the only league um, providing this opportunity to players, um, but it is the only in Richmond. So we, the, the other two leagues do not have a presence in Richmond right now. Um, but it's really exciting that this pathway is being formalized, especially with the introduction of the Super League at the professional level. The other two leagues um, currently do not have professional affiliates. So I think this is also a great opportunity to develop a more direct pipeline to a professional soccer program um, out, in addition to the NWSL. Um, so the pre-professional level is obviously great, but the introduction of the Super League is going to offer an even um, bigger draw to participating in the W League, I think, going forward. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty cool to see. Definitely have the women's team here in Richmond. Um, definitely something that we've been cramming for on this show. So to see it be added and to see that the team is, like, when you ask them about it, they are fully, full-blown behind it. Like, they are very excited about it. Um, I even asked Darren about it, and he said that he got a chance to go watch the U14 girls, I think at the national finals that was taking place uh, earlier that week somewhere. And he was just like, you know, we're, we're really excited to give those girls the opportunity to kind of build through the pipeline and you know, come through. So, like, this is totally... This is, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, Darren's you know, hype dream of getting really to build La Masia of Virginia <laughs> and just have all these kids just pipe through the system like he's been talking about for the last five years and kind of have that bleed through that. And um, I think, you know, one of the t- topics at the national level has been, you know, how this is an inflection point for the next few yeah. years for soccer in America. And I think the men's program has been a focus of that with the Copa America and the men's world cup being hosted here, but being able to bring in, for the kickers, focusing on the kickers, but also all introducing a women's program at this time when soccer is, you know, hopefully going to be, you know, the, the continuing conversation that now it's going to take off in America. I mean, it probably already has, but the fact that we can introduce a women's program as part of that is really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. obviously no other news has been dropped. Like, I think the Twitter handle is still, what, W League RVA. 
Um, it would be funny if that is the team name. Like it's just W League Harrier. Like that's that's the team name, y'all. Um, but no, they haven't announced a team name as of yet. Um, David is a head coach, but you you guys think Mika would take over as head coach? You think they'll give it to Mika? I wouldn't completely. That would be like back in back in the day. Uh, you know, Jesse, you know, was the assistant for the men's team and uh, coached the Destiny for the first two or three years. Uh, you know, so not a possible. I, I doubt that'll probably actually be what happens. Uh, but put it like ten percent. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anybody who y'all would want as the first signing of the W League? I know who I would want. But uh, who would you guys want? Or like to see the tickets go Money not being an ob, not being an object in this. Shanir, this is pre-professional, so yeah, money we have players. I put it out there yesterday. You know, uh, you know grasping. I think the obvious you know, choice is you know Cameron Simmons. You know, yeah, you mentioned that. You know, going to the World Cup with uh, in Jamaica. She's at uh, University of Tennessee right now. I think she just finished her freshman year. I think it is. Uh, you know, her dad, you know, Greg Simmons, runs football. You at uh, fo- you know, futsal RVA. Played for the Kickers in 2003. Her brother just signed an academy contract with yep. the Kickers, uh, which we probably should have mentioned earlier. Uh, that happened yeah. this week too. Uh, you know, so I feel like a lot of the pe- like a lot of the pieces are there for a really good synergy. If you want it, yeah. So. And, and I'll say, building off dynasty. that, yes, <laughs> building <laughs> off that, another name who, you know, is looking like so for for context, Heather O'Reilly plays for North Carolina's W League team because she is retired, so she is no longer, and she the woman will play for any team that she played in that uh, that seventy seven tournament that they had that like Wrexham came over for and Dorman oh, yeah. and everybody. So she's actually affiliated with their W League program. So all I'm saying is, Becky Sauerbrunn, if you are thinking that you're going to wrap up your professional career and you want to become a mentor for the, be- the biggest and best new thing in women's soccer. Come on over. <laughs> Come on hey, over. You know I'll be totally fine if Darren and uh, Rob doesn't open the table for the men team if they get Becky Sauerbrunn. <laughs> I'll be fine with that. We also have set at the kickers level a player and someone who's employed as a player and a coach. So if she's looking also for her next step to go into coaching, she could be the Akira of our women's program and play and coach at the same time. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Rebecca, I'm just saying the opportunity. <laughs> there you go. Um, so there was some talking to tailgate about it. Um, would you guys want to see this team branded as the Richmond Kickers or want to see it be like his own separate thing? Like Tormenta, like South Georgia Tormenta has a W League team. It's all branded together where the Triumph, it's Greenville Liberty and Greenville Triumph. Which route would you want to see the Kickers go with this? My, my heart wants it to be just Richmond Kickers, but I, I think about it and apart from Tormenta, the American way is just to have a different name. I mean, you, you look at in Europe, yes, you have Manchester United, Manchester United women's team, Barcelona, Barcelona women's team, Lyon, Lyon women's team. Uh, but here you have DC United and Washington Spirit. So you, it's, it's not going to be the same name. Um, I, I think we need to just stick with that, find a name for, for them. And, and that way, it, 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 uh, Kate, like you said, that, that brings us a, a separate market to, uh, to Richmond rather than just being under the same umbrella of the same market. And, and I don't know. It, 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 and also as a coach, I view it as, you you do have tend to have a little bit of rivalry animosity with the other youth clubs in Richmond, and yeah, I've I've had some kids who play FC Richmond or play, play strikers and be like, no, I'm not going to a Richmond Kickers game. It's like, dude, that's the pro team in your city. Why not? They're like, because it's Richmond Kickers. I don't like Richmond Kickers. It's like you're you're youth, okay? You need to understand that that's different from the pro team. But there is that issue. So now you you bring this in, 
And you're having literally a pathway of girls from all over the Richmond area um, playing for a different club, playing for Dynamo, playing for Strikers, playing for FC, playing for Powhatan Fury, will feel comfortable like, okay, let me go to this club because it's not affiliated with a club that they play against every week. Yeah, it might, you know, I have a similar kind of feeling to Shanir. Like my heart would want them just to be perfectly synergized, you know, kind of have that one club approach. Uh, then there's other part of me is like, you know, having uh, an identity is good. So I, I think as of, you know, today, I lean towards like a Louisville or a North Carolina type of model where they're very closely interconnected, same you know, basic colorways, same basic, you know, look overall, but they have their distinct name, you know, North Carolina's North, you know, NCFC, and then, you know, the Courage, Louisville's, you know, Blue City, and then Racing Louisville for, you know, the women. So they're intertwined, but still separate enough that uh, if somebody doesn't know or doesn't want to pretend like they're intertwined, they can, you know, be off on their own yeah all right all right um do you guys off the whim just real quick do you have a name already that you would give the women's team i would go rich with 95 95ers just to be funny what's that 95 yeah because they're tough like 95 95 is torturous so <laughs> i just thought it off the top of my head I mean, I feel like that might give a little bit too much of a, not, you know, nod to the, the men's team winning two trophies that year. Oh, darn it. I didn't think about uh, that. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I also yeah, thought maybe, for a second there you were mixing up uh, when the women won their World Cup in 99, but. Nah, I, was, I was just thinking about 95 North, and I was like, oh, yeah, that works. <laughs> Nothing about 95 North works. No, no. Exactly. <laughs> we don't want to curse them. Nothing works there. Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, guys, as always, it's a pleasure doing the show. What's up, Matt? Thank you, sir, for taking the time of your day for doing the show. Actually, also, also, we signed another kid, not just Nick Simmons. We signed uh, Landon Johnson. Uh, so, oh, yeah. you know, second gen player and also a Second gen ish academy kid because his you know, brother Ty played for us a couple years ago. I think he was on one of those Canadian trips when uh, none of our guys could get across the border. Oh yeah, with the Audi center forward game. That's right. Is that the that's the game where Audi played like center attacking mid, isn't it? Yeah, I just said that. Oh yeah, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. All right, that was interesting. Uh, yeah, bad memories. Um, Shanair, thank you, sir, for taking the time of your day for being on the show. It's a pleasure having you on. Well, it's a pleasure being here. All right. And Kate, we look forward to having you on the show. I promise to do the intro a little bit uh, better for you when we start covering the women's teams fully. Absolutely. I'm excited to hear more from the kickers about how that process is going. I think they did say in the press release that they're going to be hopefully involving the community in terms of name, branding, sort of like mission and values going forward. So excited for the opportunities that we'll have as, you know, existing you know, stakeholders in the club to, to give them our two cents and hopefully create a, a club that we're all really proud to support. Yeah, that's how it goes. Well, as always, listeners, we just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day for listening to our show, because without you, we couldn't do this. Um, so if you want to stay connected to all the news that's coming out soon, like we got a Dakota Barnathan article coming out soon, a mid-season review article coming out, and some other stuff. So make sure you stay connected with us at www.rivercity93.com on Twitter, on Instagram as well, rivercity93. And with that being said, as always, we will holler at you guys next time. Be safe and be easy.